Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio, Fast Rescue Solutions, Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. We're at the shop. At the shop. I love this. This is my second time here now before, uh, and we're going to talk all about the shop, and we're going to talk all about Fast Rescue Solutions, the Fast Board, your friendship, the business, the guys that you have that are part of the tribe. There is a lot here. There's a lot going on. You guys have built this incredible... Um, mechanism, if you will, this this culture, this system, this company, it's so much more than just a product. It's a mission. I know it's a mission for Sam. I know it's a mission for you. Um, and so I wanted to introduce today on the podcast, uh, Eric Allen and Sam Cohen of Fast Rescue Solutions. Thank you for opening the shop to me and Rob and Seb. And uh, we're, we're doing a bunch of projects together. This is a lot of fun. Um, for me, it's this is that selfish endeavor for me that I get to do this. I get to sit with friends. Um, Sam, you and I got to know each other this year at FDIC, Indianapolis. We had dinner together, sat next to each other, uh, and really had a great conversation about business and life, which was a lot of fun. Um, Eric, you and I have gotten to know each other over the last few years now. We've had a lot of great conversations, a lot of similarities in our mindsets of where we come from. Sam, you and I as well, um, and so on. So this is a lot of fun for me. Um, but I have to tell you from an outsider looking in, I have a, a little bit of an inside perspective of what you guys are doing, but typically I'm an outsider here watching what you're doing, watching the growth, watching you build this tribe, this team that you have, uh, and then being very protective of the culture in which Fast Rescue Solutions is being built on. It's wild. It is absolutely wild. So what I want to do with this episode is really dive in about what you guys are all about, where it started from, from the bar napkin idea to putting funding in place, to building a company, to building this team around you. Where do we start? What's chapter one? I don't know. To be fair, before the bar napkin, Eric already had a little miniature model and prototype. He was drawing it out for me on the bar napkin to explain it to me. I love um, it. But, uh, I mean, long before Fast Rescue, I mean, Eric and I met... Um, really, right when he he started uh, in the Philadelphia Fire Department, uh, he was discharged uh, from the Navy while he was in Philadelphia. Um, he, I guess he joined the Fire Department. We met at a mutual friend's house. Didn't know he was going to be there. It was right. just a place I was always at. We had this uh, regular gathering. We called it the Sunday Night um, Monopoly Club. And uh, I was over there, and Eric was there, and we met through this mutual friend. And... Uh, it came up in conversation. My roommate, I lived in a section of the city called uh, East Falls. You know, was renting a three-bedroom house. And uh, my roommate, she and I had grown up together. She just got engaged and she had moved out. So I was in the house by myself. Um, and I guess Eric had just joined the fire department, but he was staying in a, a small suburb of Philadelphia called right. Darby. And when you work for the city, you have to work in the city. Right, you got to have came up address, in conversation right? yeah. that he needed to move mm -hmm. to Philly. I said, I, I have an extra room in my house. And... Literally, we had met that day. I think he moved in about a week later. And, um, I mean, we lived together, I think, for seven years. We've been, you know, extremely close friends ever since. Very cool. And I guess that was about 28 years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Is he remembering us right? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I probably shouldn't say it, but I was supposed to have an address inside the city. And, and I did. I, I, I had an address in the city. It was with an old girlfriend. I had moved out. Uh, got on the on the job. It was still my you know on my license. That's right. the way I was able to do that. But I needed to get back in the city. If I would have got caught outside of the city or not actually live in the city inside of that first you know six months, sure. I could be separated yeah. right away. Yeah. So uh, it was when we met. It was like we kind of were like, uh, uh, I right, we'll give it a try for a little while, and then you know, it was just. Just worked. What kind of friendship do you have? Is it like this give and take, back and forth? You guys fight like brothers. Like, what's it? What's it like? What's the dynamic? I don't know that we ever really have had a fight. I okay. maybe no. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Outside yeah. of that, I mean, we really pretty much see the world very similar. Yeah. Um, we both are a little nuts, and yeah. both are adrenaline junkies. I don't know. I don't know that we've ever had a real fight. No. Nope. Well, I think what's interesting, right? So, like, I think about my friendships I have, and I have a lot of friends that are in the fire service, and then my outside friends that are outside of the fire service, they have a hard time really understanding or or kind of figuring out that lifestyle of mine. Um, Sam, you don't have, you didn't have much exposure to the fire service prior to Fast Rescue? Uh, really none. Other, other than living with Eric and hearing him talk about the job, right? 
Yeah, and a couple, you know, late night adventures yeah. uh, with okay. some of the guys. But um, yeah, you know, darts down at the firehouse. Yeah, no, I had no exposure at all before Eric to the. Okay. Eric. So in in regards to the relationship, then you are the outsider in regards to the rescue products, right? Like one hundred percent. This was so. How did this come about? Because I know Eric, for you, you you have that entrepreneurial spirit. I know Sam, you do as well. But as a fireman, and then having that entrepreneurial spirit as well, like I know your mind doesn't sit still. I know you don't sit still, right? So constantly thinking of ideas, thoughts, concepts. How did the fast board then come to be, and then how did it get to Sam's hands? Uh, so I've always considered myself eclectic. Um, really, I've always said I'm a collector of skills. Okay. Like anything I can learn, anything I can learn about, um, I want to, you know, dabble into it. I want to have some understanding it, into it. I want to see how it relates to other things in life. Um, so very eclectic interests all over the place. If you look at my workshop, it's just like my brain just spills out and there's piles everywhere and I can just go to the piles and put things together. Um, and where I got the skill set inside of Philadelphia Fire Department is I was very lucky. I got into the first formal uh, special operations course. Okay. Bit of a nerd, uh, rope nerd. Uh, understood ropes, understood building systems and things like that from climbing in the past. Um, so I picked up on it very quickly. And then I got to teach the next five classes. Uh, as a, an instructor, an adjunct instructor, um, through my martial arts, uh, which I've been involved with for probably longer than anything else other than being alive, you know, over 40 years, um, I understood anatomy physiology. My mother was an anatomy physiologist, um, so I understood the human body. Her uh, classroom was the morgue, so taking a body apart and doing things like that, understanding how things work, how to do things with the body. I'd had that from a very young age. Wow. So being at around 150 to 160 pounds, moving, and this is what I like to call them, moving large mammals is not an easy thing unless you have good technique. Uh, and you have to have efficiency inside your technique. So that's one of the things that I started teaching inside the SOC program was how to move down firefighter, how to make it easier better without understanding all the language behind it because it was like hey you're teaching that right okay i guess i'm teaching that and what happened especially for the you know the formation of the board was the instructors that taught me and that i taught with when we had to move a firefighter up a flight of stairs it's just it's just bulwark it's just like you gotta just Muscle it up right. every step. You got to right. get your face down in their crotch. You got to get their legs up on your shoulder. You got to convert the pack and hope the pack stays on. Uh, you got to deal with every snag hazard in the world. They would tell us, you know, this sucks. This is what we've got. If you think you can come up with something better, go ahead and try. And we tried a little bit, and then everybody gave up on it because it was just fucking hard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then I found myself saying it to my students. And I think on the third time that I said it to my students, I just had a little epiphany and I backed up and I was like, wait a minute, I'm teaching this. If somebody's going to come up with something better, it should be me. Um, and I grabbed a couple of my other instructor friends and I was like, hey, we can come up with something better. I know there's something better we can do here. Let's we, can, let, let, we can do more than just throw brute strength at, at something that still doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's where, I mean, people die because we're doing the same old thing. That's right. And I, I invited, and a couple of my buddies were like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, cool, let's meet at the bar tomorrow night. We'll sit down, we'll throw some ideas around, we'll have some drinks. Well, I was the only one that showed up. And <laughs> literally was like, motherfucker. And I uh, sat there for a couple of hours, had some, had some drinks, and just started thinking about all the things that made it hard to move a down firefighter or anybody, a civilian. Why is it hard? What are the things that complicate it? What are the things that magnify the difficulty? And as I started coming up with them, I would put them on a sheet of paper and I'd be like, okay, friction. 
what can we do about that? And then I went and I would learn about friction. Yeah. Snag hazards. Well, what can we do about that? The environment. What can we do about that? You know, and I would just make all these lists and I would just start checking things off. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, what alters that? What can we do? Well, right. friction is a huge one. Uh, so how do we move people faster? How do we break down friction? How do we lessen that coefficient, coefficients of friction? You put them on something smoother than what they are. You know, our gear grabs onto everything. Well, let's compress them a little bit. Um, well, how do you negotiate the environment when things get stuck under things? All right, well, we build this and then we do this. And then I just started putting those together. Um, well, what's a, a real problem is, is how do you keep them on whatever you put them on? Right. Um, okay, well, we'll tie them to it. Well, nobody ties things in, in a fire, right. you know? 20-foot piece of webbing and circle them and you create a harness and do that in high heat, you know, high stress, low dexterity. It doesn't get done. People get frustrated, which is another problem. Uh, and then they go back to brute strength. Right. Because That's they, the catch-all. they've done it before with That's brute right. strength. Let's do it again. Right. Oh, well, now I don't have enough energy to finish. Yeah. I don't have enough air to finish. So you have to go back to that efficiency. Um, and I just started putting these things together. And I was like, okay, I got rope rescue. Well, we can make, you know, how many connection points are on other systems? Minimum of four. I've seen as many as eight. Well, no, it needs to be one. You know, how do we get one connection point and actually marry somebody to something? Where are the problems? And uh, so that, that was really it. As I just started just chewing at this thing. And, Did it um, consume you? Oh, yeah. Is yeah. that the personality that you have, though? Is that when presented with something and you're all in on it, yeah. it consumes you? Yeah. my uh, One of my primary uh, martial arts instructors compared me to a pit bull all the time. He's like, what you, once you get a hold of it, you, you, don't, you don't, it don't let it go. I yeah. mean, I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and have to get up and go down to the basement and work on things. Maybe that meeting the next night when nobody else showed up and you showed up alone, maybe that was what you needed. Yeah, and it's been a, a consistent theme, like, you know, putting the lights in the board. I didn't want to learn how to, about lighting. I didn't want to learn about batteries. I didn't want to learn how, I didn't want to go and find all the things. I tried 15 different companies to make that. I bet. And they were just like, no, that's crazy. You know, we're not taking time out of our business to do that for you. I'm like, right. I'll pay you. Right, right, right. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not interested. So you got to do it yourself. So I had to go do it myself. Which in turn makes a better product, I think. Yeah. Because I understand what it needs to be. And you're all in. Yeah. And, yeah. So when you start, when you really start gaining speed on this now, and you're, you're figuring things out, you're checking off those bullet points on that initial checklist of things that I need to improve on to make a better product, right? When did it get to the point where you were like, I think I have something here. I think there's some merit behind my ideas. So, I mean, it was when I went from checking those things off to where I was actually putting some new things in practice. So I would take a backboard, get a, you know, a screwed up backboard. I was like, okay, how do I do this? Uh, I've got all this lashing. Now it, has, it needs to go through the board. Those are all snack hazards. I don't want to amplify any other problem. Yeah, right. So how do I do it without that? So it needs to be a harness. It needs to be this. So I just started tearing things apart. You know, I would cut things into little tiny pieces and put them all back together. And I would just do it over and over again. And then, luckily, being in a, one of the special operations companies, it's easy to get my guys to train. Hey, I've, I've got this far. Let's go. Let's you go got play the more. audience, yeah. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, cool, let's go do it, right? Let's, uh, let's see if you're right. Let's see if you're wrong. Yeah. And they were great for that. Were, and then I would do it with my crew, and then I would give it to a, another platoon, another crew. And I'd be like, this is how to do it. I'm leaving. When I come back, tell me what didn't work. What did work is cool. I need to know what didn't work. And I'd go back and they'd be like, this sucked and this was great and this sucked and this was okay. And then I would go back and I'd tear it all apart again. What I, what I think though is the tenacity in that, right? Because so, many, so often people give up on that aspect of it. You know, the testing of it. Tell me what's wrong. I don't care what's good with it. Tell me what's bad with it, yeah. right? We're trying to solve a problem, right? Create a solution. 
And for you to do that numerous times to go back and forth to find that final product. It was six and, years. And I'm sure you're still, yeah, six years. Six years of R&D. Of R&D before you talked to Sam? No. Um, so I guess it was, it was probably four or five years of R&D before I went to Sam and I was like, this works. And, you know, at first what I went to Sam was is because uh, in his prior line of work, he knew people with money. Sure. With, with big money. Sure. Um, and I said, hey, you know, I've got this thing and it's going to work. Um, but I don't have money. You know, can you help me? Can you introduce me? And uh, he's like, well, give me, a, give me a couple of weeks. And I was like, cool. A couple of weeks goes by and we get back together. And, and Sam was like, uh, I found somebody. Like, awesome. When we're meeting with him, he's like, we're having the meeting right now. I love it. He's like, I believe in you. I believe in your idea. I don't know exactly all the things about it, but I trust you. And uh, how well, let's do it together. How hard was that for you to go looking for help? I struggle with oh, that. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, but I I also recognized that I did not have that access, and it, it was not going to go any farther. And yeah. you know, damn what I feel about. If I'm going to move this forward, if I'm actually going to do something, then you have to face those things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like this, like talking on camera. Like right. I was terrible at it. <laughs> very, in, in high school, very, very shy. Yeah. Talking to people was sure. not my bag. Sure. And I still struggle with it sometimes. So. But I was like, well. But you recognized and believed in your thoughts, your process, four or five years of R&D before you say... Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. It's time, right? And then to recognize the need for someone else that could bring another set of skills to the table to help you put this to the next level. Yeah. Enter Sam. Well, and one of the things that I did, even before I went to Sam with it, is uh, I went back to all my instructors and I put it in front of them. And I'm like, this is what it is. This is how it works. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know? And... I went to every instructor and had them say, yes, you've got something there. I don't see a problem with it. I see value in it before I would move forward. Yeah. So I went back to, back to the source, you know, where I got the knowledge from. That was very important for me because uh, we stand on the shoulders of great men. You know, it's powerful. Their, their, their hands are bathed in blood yeah. to support us. That's right. And uh, if they said no... Then it'd be back to the drawing board. Wow! So I, until I got all those people that I respected to say yes, I didn't take it anywhere else. Wow, it's powerful. Sam, talk to me a little bit about that first meeting where Eric came and said, "Hey, I got this idea and I believe in it." <laughs> well, what did that look going like? Going into I, the meeting was strange because he had uh, he called me up and he's like, "Hey, man, I want I want to get a drink." And you know, it was such a formal conversation. The way he was saying, "I want to meet." Different than most of you. Yeah, it's right. like, I remember thinking to myself, what is, it's like, something, something is wrong. I mean, that's something like, something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. And um, I, I know it's just, it was very odd, the interaction leading up to it. And we're, even when we got there, we met at a, a brewery in, in Chestnut Hill. And, you know, we're sitting there and it was almost like if you've ever been like on a sales call, you know, before somebody jumps into right. what they want to talk about, they're doing like that warm up, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. They're floating around. And finally yeah. I'm like, you what's going on? Like, why are we here? And that's when he, you know, he grabs a bar napkin and he's like, I figured it out. I'm like, you figured what out? And, you know, he explained to me the whole, you know, background of the why. And, yeah. you know, I was trying to follow it. So he drew it out for me. Um, you know, I don't really remember too much else from that night. I remember going home and, what about you know, his speaking. passion? Well, I never questioned, you know. It comes from passion, the heart, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so going home that night. You know, and I, I you know, I, I thought a lot of, you know, the risk, you know, I wasn't the first business I would have invested in. And sure. my previous one was, you know, I learned a lot from my mistakes along the way. Um, you know, but I was, I was doing well with my old business. I was an independent contractor with the company I've been with them. I guess at the time, about 14 years. Um, quite frankly, I was bored. I was very passionate for the business, but I, I was bored. I was just going through the motions. Get it. Um, and, you know, I was at a point in my life where if I could wrap my 
arms around something with somebody I know sees the world the same. Like the building the culture and the foundation wasn't going to be an issue in terms of growing the company. Was it a product I could believe in? Um, actually, Eric had me come down to the, uh, the, the squad where he was at in Philadelphia and showed me, I believe it was a styrofoam prototype he had made. And I think that's where I met one of his guys, Bob Tooney, who's part of our tribe here for the first time. And they walked me through it. And, you know, I just decided to push all my chips in the table. I kind of wow. overlapped my businesses for the first two and a half years. Yeah. Um, when we, we finally decided to start and we came to an agreement, I think it was in um, the September of 2015 when right. we incorporated. Prior to that, we were just batting around a lot of different ideas on names. And, you know, Eric had explained to me FAST stood for Firefighter Assist Search Team and right. was calling it the FAST Rescue Board. I kept throwing ideas at him for the name of a company because we knew that it was the company was more than a board. The idea was we'll identify issues that exist that people have just accepted as the status quo and we'll just start to find better ways. Um, you know, I would throw ideas and when we finally agreed in on Fast Rescue Solutions, we incorporated um, and we just started the marketing. You guys complement each other so well. And so that initial meeting where literally drawn on a bar napkin was five years of R&D, blood, sweat, and tears of Eric believing that he had something that could better the fire service. This is mission-focused, 100%. Well, and you mentioned something earlier about you used the word outsider. Yeah. Right? I'll tell you, one of the things that really lit my passion yeah. in the beginning, um, you know, there was no way to, to really... So sell the board without showing the board. Right. Um, and I wanted to learn more about it. So I would go with Eric to, I love it. to demos. Yeah. And watching, and this is where I think being the outsider really helped. Watching yeah. people's reaction is what got me to buy in so quickly all the way through. Because I would go to these demos, you know, and, and we're making claims on, you know, reducing... <laughs> rescue times and, and everything the board doing. I would watch these guys, mostly older, but even even the young. I mean, everybody's body language closed off, their faces. Their, and then Eric would, and, and while he's talking and explaining the components, everyone's closed off. It's like they're listening. I'm not sure if they're, they're hearing him. But as soon as he would start to actually take a body and put them on the ground and package it, watch everybody's reaction every time would change. And by... By three minutes into the actual demo, they're they're volunteering. Let me. I, I want to try it. I want to. Yeah. Try it. Um, and just watching that over and over, you know, the buy-in was easy. You know, I was like, we we have something. How to take it to market was really the biggest challenge. Um, yeah. You know, we started. Um, I had a, a spare bedroom in my house. I cleared it out of all of its furniture. I had an old massage table. Set the massage table up, and um, Eric would get these boxes from one of our primary vendors. There'd be carabiners and webbing all around and he had a key to the house he would come over during the day and he would be building boards and wow you know taking them out and we were storing them in my basement and uh eventually you know we ran out of room there so eric was had boards in his garage and he couldn't keep up with the building and he had guys that were part of the the fire service and we we rented a storage unit out in the northeast and eric would drop supplies off there and the guys would come and pick up the supplies and they would build boards and put the boards back and you know, I love we, this. We were I love it. I mean, like, that's how this you know, works. I mean, this is how our, it goes. Uh, our operations manager, and her name is, is Thea, she, um, she's a, a very old friend of mine, a very old friend of Eric's, and, and, um, and actually, I guess Eric's fiance at this point. But, um, you know, we were starting to drown administratively, so, you know, we kind of hired her part-time to help us out. She's got sure. a, a very eclectic background. She, she knows how to do a lot of things. Stuff. Just a lot of stuff, stuff. in general. I, love it. I mean, anything from climbing up and, and fixing. We need that. Yeah. Every organization needs that. You know, yeah. Um, and, you know, the three of us would meet once a week, typically either at, at my house or Eric's house. And, you know, it got to a point where I felt like we were drowning and I wanted to, to consolidate and get a space. And Eric did not. Thea was the deciding factor. She's like, we 100% do. And I guess that's when we moved into, I guess it was February of, 1817 we moved into really it was actually across the street it was our, our first space and, yeah you know i remember the day at that point i was still doing probably about 20 hours a week 
with my old business, and then so you're all in here, but you're still maintaining. I was running the camp at both ends, but as soon as I, you know, we have to personally sign for every single thing we do as a small business, right? And the moment I put my signature on that leash across the street, I I wrapped up the other business completely, and um, you know, the other thing I, I learned in my my old business from my I have many mentors, but you know, I learned that you have to take care of the people that are helping you build the business. They need to get everything they need before anything you need. Um, And I was very blessed in the situation I was in that, um, you know, I've been able to survive off of my savings and I was able to, everything that came in, and Eric still has, you know, the firefighter. We've been just constantly putting everything back back into the business. Um, Yeah. You know, to here we are now. Startups, baby. I love it. Talk to me a little bit about the reluctance there was industry-wide. I mean, you're bringing something new to the table, <laughs> right? I mean, Sam kind of hit on it before. And, yeah. and you know, to be able to watch the body language, I've been a part of many different things over the years where some things is smoke and mirrors, and then there's other things that you watch people's reactions, and then they lean in, and then they start shaking their head. And next thing you know, they're getting their hands on the product. They're interested. It's something. And, and you know, Sam, you hit on it. You saw that and immediately realized okay, there's something here, right? Eric, talk to me about that reluctance that people had. I mean, you probably, for some guy that didn't like to talk much, you probably had to do a lot of salesmanship to even get opportunities to get in the door to show off the product. Yeah, well, I mean, my reluctance came from when people would stop by our firehouse or we would get a new piece of equipment that would just show up and they'd be like, here's the paperwork, go figure out how to use it. And you go in and look at it and be like, that's a piece of crap. That's yeah, another, I get it. That's another gadget that does right. one thing, right? maybe two, and we're going to break it in a week. Um, and our guys would come in, and they're like, it's their, their sales pitch. And they're giving their, you know, their five-minute sales pitch, and you're yeah. like, oh. Yep. Oh, my God. Four and a half minutes. We're almost there. Five minutes. And 30 seconds in, yep, yep. and I'm, I, I got to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Um, so just seeing that, you know, I... One of the things that actually I, I've learned from Sam is um, nobody likes to be sold anything. Everybody needs to buy something. Right. So if you can figure out, and this is where my whole mentality of value came in. If you can show value, you don't have to sell. Yeah. And you know, all our guys that we bring on, I do not allow them to sell. That's one of the first conversations that we have is that you're not allowed to sell. We actually had one guy who came in and... He was a salesman, and he floundered in this company. And eventually, I we had to ask him to leave because yeah. he was a hard pitch salesperson. Um, so going in and talking to people, literally, sometimes it would be, "I'm gonna go knock on a door." I I knew that training nights were on Monday or Wednesday yeah, night, right, so I would right. drive through the neighborhoods where I knew there were firehouses. I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of guys in there. How easy was that for you? Uh, it sucked. I mean, it was terrible. The cold call, man. Uh, the art was. was a cold call. And, you know, sometimes it would be, hey, I see you guys are having training. I, I do this thing over here. Can I come back another night and right. maybe show you this? And they're like, well, you're here now. Why don't you just show us? Cool. And I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's my baby, and I built the whole thing, and the whole design is, you know, coming out of here. So I would just give this vomit of a presentation. <laughs> Which would be like every it. single thing about the board that I could possibly tell yeah, you. I'm yeah. going to tell you every detail at warp speed. Yep. And then I'm going to go, guys, got any questions? Yeah. And guys would literally be like, I wouldn't even know what to fucking ask. Like, okay, well, let me show you how to do it. And then we'd do it. And they'd be like, oh, oh, uh, call that guy, you know, uh, Get him down here. He should be down here to see this. Or can you come back next week to show this guy? Yeah, of course I can do that. And then it was really, I got contacted by a fire department. And this is where I I was like really shifted for me. This little fire department over in New Jersey. Hey, can you come over for our, our training night? Didn't know who they were. Didn't know where they came from. I think it was Forrest Glenn, I think was the name of it. I go over there. I show it to them, and, you know, I'm packing up. They're like, whoa, 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 we, we have to have a meeting. Can you just hang out for a couple minutes? 
Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just going to roll. Yeah, like, right. I did my Thanks time. for the opportunity. Yeah. Yep. And they come back out, and they're like, here's a check. I'm like, um, okay. They're like, I'm like, okay, I, I'll get you one. They're like, no, we want that one. You can't leave with that. It's ours. We want that one now. Wow. And I went, okay. And I put it in my pocket, and I got on the phone. I was like, they gave me a check. I left the board. Okay, good. Do it again. I love it. And uh, that, Tommy was, that was that was huge. <laughs> um, and then one of the first demos that I really big demos, I did it in front of like forty five chiefs, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, I have never seen this many horns in my life, and I am nervous. Yeah. And I told them that. Yeah. That was actually the first one I went to. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe. And uh, again. I gave the whole spill, and people are like, whoa. Okay, well, let me just show you. And then it was like, oh. Um, but that was learning how, like, I had no idea about cells. I had no idea about it's better to have them ask you a question than you get to give them all the information. Correct. Create curiosity for That's them right. to come to you and go, well, what about this? That's a great question. Let me tell you all about that. Yeah. And it would lead to the next question yeah. that they would have. Absolutely. That's a great question. You're really smart. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all of that, right? But I think what's really interesting and um, exciting about the product, too, is when people see it, when they look at it, right now we have all the colors behind us on the wall, and you look at it. And I've heard comments at shows where they're like, it's half a Stokes basket. What's the big deal, <laughs> right? It's this. It's that. It's a, it's a glorified backboard, right? Like... And then you get your hands on it. Or then you watch your, your guys and girls teach the process and the packaging of it. I think one of the fun stories is where you guys take it and you put it against uh, the traditional know-how, right? That What we were talking about before, brute strength, right? What do we do? And when you talk about you know firefighter removal, I mean, half the times when we have to remove our own of a down firefighter, they come out undressed. I mean... Because it's just all hands-on and it's there's no coordinated effort and so on. But to watch your product, when people see it, there is that buy-in. And they lean into it and they go, oh, that makes sense. Oh, right? I mean, that's the selling point, no? Yeah, it's value. They see the value they are looking for. Most of the time, they don't even know that they're looking for it. Because there's this big gray area in rescue. Um, there's brute force and there's technical rescue. Yeah. And there's a big gap in between. Sure. And, and it's, it's become less and less with these great programs out there with uh, Basil Ingram, with uh, Robert Ramirez, with some of these guys who are putting out all this great information around Maydays and rescues. Yes. And that, that it doesn't have to be, you know, a big rope system. Rope systems don't belong in fires. I mean, let's just be honest. And rope rescue hijacked rescue 20 years ago. Yeah. And I've been unpacking a lot of that uh, over the years. Um, so We need simplicity on the fire ground. We do. We have overcomplicated the fire service over the years. Yes. I think the fast board brings simplicity back, especially when protecting our own, as well as civilian removal. It is a simple product to use, and it is a huge benefit to it, yeah. for sure. Talk to me a little bit about the scalability of this business, right? So now you guys come together. We got the business guy. We got the guy that created, invented, is passionate, knows the business end of the, the fireside. We got the business know-how over here, comes together. You go all in, Sam. You, you check away the, the past career, and you go, I'm into this. I'm bought in. From there, this has become quite a... I don't want to say machine, a system, a mission, a culture. I want to talk about all that because I think what's really interesting is from the passionate cold sales that you did on the street, getting your first check and putting that in your pocket and then bringing Sam in and, and all of that to where you are today. I know it probably feels like an eternity, but it really hasn't been. I mean, you're talking four or five years of R&D. 2018, I think you said, is when you really came on, right? Or 15? Well, no, we started it together in 15. Okay. I was doing about, I mean, my old office was literally, uh, well, at, most of it was at home. I would, you know, do my Got days it, there, right? and then I'd come right. home and open the laptop, and I would have more times than not fall asleep on top of the laptop and, 
you know, Eric was, I don't know how he did what he did. He was burning both ends sure. of the candle and, sure. you know, building and, you know, shipping and, um, you know, and then once we opened the office, you know, I, that's when I just went full time. But I mean, I was still, we started the, when, the, before we went to market, we were already together. Uh, actually, the very first board ever sold was uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. It's sitting behind you. Very cool. Um, that second one, the story he told with Forrest, I can't remember the last name. That was the second apartment third board yeah. ever sold. Um, you know, Eric definitely did all of the heavy lifting in the beginning. I, you know, at first, to me, I was going to be the money and the business mentor behind it. Um, I don't remember. It maybe it was a year or so. You know, I think the, the really one that sealed the deal was going to the live demo and seeing the, the reaction. And I guess that was maybe about a year into it, right, with the like Allentown that, yeah. one. Um, you know, and then helping Eric refine the, the whole presentation sure. and sure. Um, getting more involved in the actual, you know, production. And, and, and well, at the time, it really wasn't distribution of the board, um, you know, but that ends. The growth, though. Yes. There is considerable growth here. Yeah, I mean, there's 55,000 firehouses. I think that's the number, somewhere around that, inside the United States. Um, I, you know, I think we're in about maybe a little bit more than 2,000 departments right now. Yeah, don't know. it's hard to say the exact number, but right. especially because a lot of our sales now go through distributors, so sure. we don't know every end user. Absolutely. And then, I mean, you really have to think about it. Look, uh, how many fire apparatus has a halogen on it? Right. Everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, does this need to be, in my opinion, does it need to be with every RIT company? Yeah, it does. But when you get outside of major cities, RIT is 20, 30 minutes behind. Might be. A lot of times. Yeah. And, you know, firefighters go, average, go down in the first five to 10 minutes of the job. Right. When you don't have a whole lot of manpower. And then you're going back to brute force with limited manpower. That's why those average times are 15 to 25 minutes to be able to rescue a down firefighter out of a, out of a, a dwelling. Well, with two guys, we can get it done in under five. Right. Have it set out there. If it's on every apparatus and it's sitting right out front, when you go into service, if something goes bad, it's right there. If you're going in and you're searching for civilians, now you've got a search device. Now, if you've got visual reference to what you're doing, um, your efficiency will jump anywhere from 50 to 80%. So now with the lights, it becomes a search tool. And since with the colored boards, you don't get that refract off the smoke, so you can move through that environment faster. I mean, everybody's turned on their flashlight and been bleached out. Right. Um, so if you're going in after civilian or if you're that RIT team or whatever, and now you're going into that dark, smoky, hot environment, if you can move faster, you're more efficient. That's right. And, and efficiency is what we, we go for. Where did, what do you contribute to the growth of the company itself? 2,000 boards now that are out in the market? 2,000 departments. 2,000 departments. In okay. the U.S. So, okay, so 2,000 departments. So there's multiple boards, right? Possibly so on. So the number's larger than that and how many boards are actually out in the field. Where does that growth come from? Is this is this a grassroots effort? Is this people are seeing it? Is it the the? I know it's very much the culture of the company behind the board. The board's the product, yes. but the mission of the company and the people involved and the tribe that you're building yep. is a large reason for the growth. I think so. Um, when we started, you know, tribe very early on. Um, and we started the fastboard tribe. If you buy a fastboard, you're part of the fastboard tribe now. Whatever we can do for you, let us know. If you're having a problem, let us know. If you need more training, let us know. If we can help you with anything, let us know. If we can bring more value to what you're doing, let us know. And we, we live off of that because, you know, I'm a firefighter for 28 years. Why would I not farm firemen to be safer? Yeah. And departments to have their members be more safe. So we build it around that, that value added. Um, and I, I think people genuinely see that. They see that, you know, we're, we are passionate about it. You know, you call us up, hey, we drug this underneath the board and we tore this up. Uh, how much does it cost? Here, we'll just send you one. 
We've done that a lot of times. Yeah. No, I totally understand the mistake. Here, we get that. You know. So as we talk about um, growth and scaling this company, the, the big part of that is the mission, right? And the mission involves much more than just the product and the board, but it's changing a mindset. It's uh, creating a mindset. Talk to me a little bit about the mission of Fast Rescue Solutions. So, I mean, when we got started, it was about, you know, making things better, giving people answers that they didn't know they had questions to. Um, and it was, let's get it out there. And then we needed more people. So we needed to, to get people with that mindset in there who understood that there was other things to do. Uh, There's a culture that I was not really aware of uh, coming from a major department major departments it's hard to get outside of your department yeah. and go and train to other places yeah you know philadelphia being the fifth largest fire department in the country why would i go anywhere else that was that is a very real mindset yeah, um and then getting out there and going to these different things and showing it around the uh the country all of a sudden you see this training culture and you're like holy shit these people actually have some good stuff and we should be part of that because it's not just about the board. It's about training. You know, you can have the perfect product. If you don't know how to use it, yeah. what good is it? It's, right. a, it's a freaking paperweight. So guys, talk to me a little bit about the team that you assembled, this tribe, as you call it. First off, talk about the tribe. So a tribe is just a group of people who have a similar idea about things, you know, so you can have a tribe in anything that you're doing. Um, I mean, if you have a tribe that's, you know, your hometown, you all move forward together. And uh, I can't remember what movie it was, but it, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, it was two people talking, and they said, you know, on an island, one person doesn't get the flu. Everybody gets the flu. Mm. One person gets the flu, everybody gets the flu. That's, that's that tribe, you know. You are part of everything that goes on there. And, uh, you know, I was looking for more of that. You know, people are with similar ideas. There's brotherhood everywhere. We're, we're it's thrown around. It's thrown around. We're brotherhood inside the fire department, sisterhood, personhood, whatever you want to do with it. Um, it's everywhere. And it's a good thing. You know, when it's good, it's good. It can be, you know, not as good in other places. Of course. So I didn't want to go into the same thought pattern of like, yeah, we're all brothers. No, you have to think like us. You know, because there's a lot of people who think in other directions, and I'm not going that way. I'm going that way. So if you want to go that way, we can go that way together, and we can do it together. And as we do those things together, we get stronger. And then you help me with things I need help with. I help you because we're walking together. Uh, we're moving together. And, and the tribe, uh, I mean, we've got eight players, man people who've been drawn to this, uh, people who've gotten involved with it, people who've just called, called me are like, yes, I want to be part of that. And they come in and they are just A players, man. And they've got our back every day. Um, you know, like, hey, there's a problem over there. Did you see that problem? No, I didn't. Well, well let's, right. let's, let's, fix, go. let's, let's yeah. go fix that. Right. Um, and... I mean, like right now, I've got, we've got two teams out there at two different locations in the U.S., and I was supposed to go to one, maybe to both of them, and then I was just like, man, I am smoked. I, I trust my guys. I know that it's going to be done right. So I can just be, now I can be like, hey, you've got, you've got your little group over there, and they're, they're all A players, and there's no animosity. There's no, I'm in charge out here. There's, there's something very interesting in this conversation for me, and it's that I trust my guys. And, and with that, you're the guy that put this together from the initial thoughts to R&D to all your blood, sweat, and tears being put into this. Sometimes people have a hard time letting go and trusting others to get involved and then to even represent you in all those years that you've put in. And for you to be able to do that, you have to build a tribe. Yeah. And it's it's actually, I mean, as yeah. an observer, I, yeah. it's just finally really starting to happen. I'd say in the last year, 
um, you know, not only has the tribe expanded, but some of the people have really stepped up yeah. and asked for, not even really asked for larger roles. They just, they took on the responsibility themselves. And, and as an outsider, I'm telling you, it's the first time I've seen Eric really just start to realize, okay, you know what? I don't have to be at every event. I love People that. want him at every yeah. event. Don't get me wrong. Everybody stops by because they want to see Eric. But he's realizing more and more he doesn't have to be there. And that that is really, you know, you talked about scalability mm-hmm. and growth. Um, you know, and that's, that is one it. of the most important things. I learned a long time ago, you know, duplication is not delegation and delegation is not duplication. And I love you have that. to have both of them. And, you know, these guys are really duplicating themselves. We're not... You know, there, there's a, a lot of love and training that goes into everybody. But they're, like I said, they're not even asking for the roles. They're just taking on the responsibility. And it's, you know, it's kind of and forming. Then, and then we support them in it. Like, hey, can you help with this? Yes. We're going to pay you for that. And, and, and there are not. times they come to us with the ideas. Sometimes it's not even can we help you. They're like, hey, you guys need help with this. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can do it. Yeah. Well, that's what's a successful organization, a business, a fire company. You want your people to do more, be better. And you want them to come and bring that initiative because you've created a culture that allows for that, right? Your product, you talk about scalability, Sam. The only way this place is going to scale is when you can allow others to have an active role and be able to take that initiative to help move it forward, right? I mean, even just in building boards, and, and it's been years probably since Eric, other than R&D, has really put his hands on to build a board. Right. But, I mean, just getting him to let go of that aspect yeah. of it. Um, you know, and, um, I build every, I build them all. Right? Yeah. No, I build them. Yeah. 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 But there's there's got to be, I mean, did you ever have an internal struggle with that? Letting go? No, because I was so fucking tired, you, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, it, people, would yeah. ask, people would ask me, um, you know, would you do it again? No. If I knew, it, and it's not true, I would do I it again. It. But I was like, if I would have known it would be this hard, I probably would have yeah. started. Yeah. And then, you know, I've had other companies. Um, you know, I had a lot of real estate at one point, and I built it all by myself with some outside money, and then I drove it right back down into the fucking ground. Um, and that's where I really got, you can't do it all by yourself. So, I mean... With our guys, I mean, super guys, they're, you know, there are people who are prominent out there, the people who have other companies. Uh, I've got, you know, firemen, lieutenants, captains, chiefs. Uh, I've got people who were, you know, Michael Horst, he yeah. was the chief of the department. I've got other chiefs that are interested in coming in with us now. And the, the way that I really feel about my guys, uh, our guys, um, is I'm at service to them. They don't, they don't service the company. They don't serve me. I serve them. You work for them. I work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if they feel supported, they'll go do great things. Yeah. If they think that they're working, like some of them call me boss, and I'm like, it took me a long time to be like, okay, yes, you can call me boss. Because I'd be like, cut that shit out, man. I'm not your fucking boss. But they kept doing it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And that's what I see as a good boss is somebody who supports the people around. 100%. Them. Because they're our tribe, you know, and I love them. I love every single one of them. Um, I, would, I would kill for them. Yeah. You know? and it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, yourself, you, you referred to yourself as the outsider, maybe because I said that at the beginning. Well, yeah, but no, I don't I want to. Is- no, I know, but I don't, I don't want to. I have to think, man, you are, you are so in it. And, you know, you, you've never been a fireman, but, man, you, you deal and talk with these guys. You travel. You, get, you went to FDIC this year. You got to meet people. You, you're a people person. You want to know the stories. And I think that that's really fueling for the growth here, too, is, like, your outsider, quote, unquote, point of view is helping structure what's happening here. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I would say I'm an outsider anymore. No, no, absolutely not. Service, right, right. Yeah, it's certainly in the beginning. Yeah. Um, it felt that way. I actually remember the very first trade show that I went to uh, was actually with Eric. It was in uh, New York. I think it was in Syracuse. Um, and it was a chief show. Yeah. And 
honestly, the first two days, the first day and a half, I felt like literally, really, I felt like a fish out of water. Sure. Um, and ironically, what changed it is uh, Eric had walked away from the booth, uh, and somebody came by, and they started looking at the board, and I went over and just started talking to them. And the next thing I know, I have them, I have the board on the ground, and I'm doing a demo, and I, I didn't realize I was even able to do it and talk about wow, it. Wow. Okay. And it, it made me more comfortable. Very cool. So the yeah. more. I started doing more and more of that. I started going to more things, getting my hands on it, learning how to do it. I learned how to build the boards. And, um, you know, actually when we first opened up this, I, I kept myself extremely busy, um, you know, in the shop. Yeah. Um, started doing more and more of the R&D yep. with Eric. Um, you know, now it's, you know, I mean, now it's just eat, breathe, sleep. You know, it's it's, uh, it's it. all one. But I got it. Um, Talk to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, and I mean, both of us do that very well is uh guys will ask me questions and i'm like that's a sam question i'm like i have no fucking clue what you're what i mean i know what you're talking about but go talk to him about that you know uh, he makes those decisions and he'll do the same thing you know he'll get an email in asking about something he's like this is your question you know i'm sending this over to you, you know. knowing each other's strengths and then playing against them right i mean that's that's exactly how this works i mean that's it's a great partnership if you will <laughs> Sam, talk to me. We talked to Eric about the tribe, and I'd love to hear your take on it. I mean, you know, you are bringing in guys from all over the country that represent the very core values that you two strongly believe in. What's your take on this? You know, for me, without using the word tribe, for me, it actually started at a fairly young age. I, I was 13 when I went to the, the Spectrum in Philadelphia. I saw my first Grateful Dead show. Uh, it sounds like a very odd place to start. Um, but I joke because I didn't come home again until I was 25. Um, <laughs> but I, I started seeing a lot of shows. And then, um, like you that. know, literally a, a week after I, I graduated high school, I, I, I joke, I accidentally went cross country on tour with the Grateful Dead. And I say accidentally, I, I drove out to Colorado to see a show at Red Rocks. And I, I literally left Philadelphia with, you know, less than $4 wow. and a pack of cigarettes and That's an cool. ounce of something that yep. I'm probably not supposed to talk about on sure. you know podcast. But um you know, I ended up going to, uh, I think, 37 shows, you know, that, that summer. Um, and the mentality uh, of, I guess, the tribe was, I didn't know the word at the time, right. but, it, but it was a culture. Mm -hmm. And it was a culture where everybody had everybody's back. And it was, it was almost like a, a traveling civilization yeah. that went from one place to another, and you'd see all the same people, and you didn't even have to know them if you knew they were part of that collective you took care of them. Yep. And it never really articulated it, but it was something that just resonated in me and, and something I, I, I craved, and that's what I wanted. I mean, Eric and I are part of a, a different community. Um, we call it Canada, and it started with the Philadelphia Folk Song Society um, where we were all a campsite, but it has grown into, again, it's, it's a community. It's one of the things that always kept me in this part of the country. I know it sounds weird, but it was, it's your family that you choose and that's where I spend my time. You know, you mentioned that I'm a people person. I, I joke I'm one of the, the most introverted extroverts I, I know. Yeah. I really don't like people. Um, I like spending time with certain groups of people. You put me in like a party situation, I'm the guy sitting at the corner just watching people. I get it. You put me at a, a the, even the night we were all out yeah, there, sure. there was 20 people at the table. Sure. I spent the whole night talking with you. Yeah, right. Um, and whoever, yep. you know, I think Vanessa yep. was on the other right. side of us. Um, you know, I, I don't like fake talk, small talk. Yeah. I don't have to create talk, but I, I, I love people that have passions that yeah. see the world the same way. I mean, you know, I said in the beginning, Eric and I see the world the same. I think the only thing we probably don't do the same is sports. You know, he, he could care less. And, you know, my Mondays depend on what the Eagles do on Sunday. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, got uh, it. You know, but, you know, without, like I said, I never really knew the word tribe. Um, I don't remember, you know, I guess Eric's probably the one that, that brought the word to me the first time, but the, the concept of tribe is something that I've been doing for really as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, that's the, where I choose to spend my time with like-minded collective people where I don't have to worry about, you know, I don't have an eye in the back of my head. I don't, I don't have to, I know, I know somebody's there. You know, you used another word too before, community. Fast Rescue Solutions stands for community as well, right? And so... Fast Cares, this is something that is near and dear to both of you, um, a project that you guys have launched. Um, talk to me a little bit about what Fast Cares, 
the, the program is? Uh, it actually started with uh, the pink boards over here. Yeah. You can see them. Um, we uh, was our first year in our the first space we were in across the street, um, and we were getting ready to do a board order, and I don't even really remember how we decided on it, but we said, hey, you know what, let's, let's, let's order 20 pink boards, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll roll them out in October, and, uh, you know, if we'll do, you know, 5% of all the proceeds from the boards, we'll go to, to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Yeah. Um, really seemed like a great idea at the time. <laughs> I think we still have 14 of the pink boards left, but... Um, but the we loved the idea of it. Sure. And, um, you know, so the next time we went to order, we said, you know, let's order another color. So we ordered yellow. And we decided let's pick a, a charity that has something to do with first responders. And the Gary Sinise Foundation had actually written a couple grants for departments that, that needed equipment and got fast boards. So each time we would order, we would order a new color and pick another charity that was a sign that, you know, had something to do with first responders. Um, and then we realized, you know, we have all these colored boards sitting in our shop. Why don't we just roll them all out at one time? And we came up with the, the name Fast Cares and we started the program. So um, we roll each time we have a limited edition color, which I believe the colors right now are yellow, red, blue, and pink. Nice. Um, each one is assigned to a different charity and we'll get together with our core O. You know, Green. core guys. Oh, and I'm sorry. O.D. Green is a, a standing one. Um, that's what we do with next run. So, Got yeah. It. So, okay. you know, any board that's part of the Fast Cares program, so any O.D. Green boards that are sold, 5% go to next rung, um, which I know you're familiar mm -hmm. with next Absolutely. Rung. Uh, it's actually a firefighter-owned charity that yes. deals with, uh, you know, suicide prevention mm -hmm. uh, and mental, mental health. health. Absolutely. Um, so yellow right now is assigned to Gary Sinise. Um, red works with another firefighter and charity called Food on the Stove. Uh, and blue goes to the um, First Responders Children's Foundation, and they really work with all first responders, uh, you know, line-of-duty deaths uh, or, you know, severe disablement. They'll support the, the family, and it could be anything from literally food on the table to you college, know, scholarships. college scholarships. Got it. You know, I'm helping the charities. And, you know, it's something we've really gotten behind. Um, you know, I don't know that we'll keep introducing new colors because sure. we want colors that work with lights. And yeah. I think these ones work the best. But we will probably continue to rotate charities around every two or three quarters. Well, I love it. I mean, I love how you've rolled that into the mission of what you guys stand for. And it's charitable contribution back to something that inherently betters the fire service, right? I mean, I just, I think there's tremendous value there. Um, along with that too, um, the monthly raffle. Community also involves other people, firefighter-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. Um, you, you guys, Sam, you said something to me very interesting earlier that caught my attention. You said, we can't do this alone. We enjoy our partners, fire, other firefighter-owned businesses. I know the the relationships that we've had, the conversations, the laughs, um, all of it. I mean, this is a this is a friendship. It's a collaboration. It's a partnership, and it should be that way. So, as we were talking about community, community also involves involves people outside of the fast rescue family as well, right? Other uh, other fire department-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. You guys have created this monthly raffle uh, where you're putting both you guys on camera to do a raffle, a giveaway, talk about another vendor in the space, a firefighter-owned business, veteran-owned business. Why? Why Why do you, why does, how does that fit? I mean, it, it just fits so well though, right? Like it does, it's synergy. You know, a lot of times synergy. things just yeah. work together. Yes. You know, the individual components make a greater whole. Um, I mean, all the way down to the board, you know, another Philadelphia firefighter, Tim Anderson, developed the multi-loop rescue, rescue strap. strap. Absolutely. It's a standard part of the board. I reckon, you know, Tim knew each other very well. Sure. Um, you know, Tim's actually grown his company so much that he has moved down where his family is in North Carolina. Super happy for him. Um, Proud of him. Really. You know, and, you know, over time, Eric going to FDIC, meeting a lot of other companies. You know, it's already, we formed Firefighter Row now at yeah. FDIC, and everybody, you know, has that same general idea of, They've come up with products that just make the fire service a, a, a better place. I love that. Um, and we, it's just been a natural partnership. So we already work with a lot of, you know, we do a lot of training. We'll use a VA shields. 
Um, you know, our guys love the Vanguard safety gloves. So we had come up with an idea, you know, to help promote their companies and their products. So every month, I think we started it in January, uh, we pick one of, the, one of the companies. And, you know, typically the prize has a, a value of around $250, $300. Yeah, that's great. And they're donating it. Uh, every, every fast board purchased is an entry. So if a department purchases five boards, they have five entries. Great. Um, and then we'll we'll do a drawing. So the participants probably are all on the table. So I think this year we started off with uh, BA Shields, uh, Anderson Rescue Solutions, Vanguard Glove Safety Wear. Um, Taylor's Tins. Doing Towers Tins as is, is this yeah. month. Uh, next week is uh, Rescue One CBD. Um, and uh, it's it's really it's been a lot it's of great. fun. So. And it's been a really easy thing. You, know, again, you go to these big shows, you walk around, you're like, what is that? That's really cool. I love that. Who are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, you're a fireman. Yes. Okay, let's go get a drink together. Hey, we're talking the same language. Uh, what can I, how can I help you guys? Because that's what happened with me. My first uh, year at FDIC, I met Chris Morin from The Pig. Uh, and I was introduced to him by one of my friends. Yeah. And uh, I went to him about halfway through FDIC, and I'm like, dude, how do you do this? This is hard. And he's like, it gets easier. Do this, do this, do this. And he just gave me a little guidance. We've been friends ever since. Yeah. How do you not support those things? Yeah. Those people, you know, they're great people. Synergy. Yeah. And it builds, it just expands and builds on the community. I mean, you've developed lifelong friendships. In- I have better friends today than I did five years ago. I mean that. Like, I, I am so comfortable in where I am with the friendships I have, guys like yourselves, who I know if I needed, I could pick up the phone and call you, and I know that you would be there. Like, it's that belief and that, but it comes, it comes at a price. It comes at a price of hard work and always doing the right thing. And I think that that's really kind of a way where we can start to wrap this conversation a little bit is talking about that mission of who you guys are. You're always doing the right thing, and that's the most important. It's, it is evolution. If you're not looking to do the right thing, you'll create cancer, you'll create rot, yes. and that rot will grow. Yes. Because it's what you're feeding. Are you feeding the good wolf or are you feeding the bad wolf? You know, if you feed the good wolf, you, That's have, right. you have a stronger pack, a stronger tribe. That's if right. Feed, if you feed the bad one, eventually you're going to eat each other. Yeah. So. Very good way to put it, Eric. Sam, evolution. The product is evolving. The company is evolving. Talk to me. You know, when we started, uh, we, I don't even remember his name, but we actually met with a consultant and, you know, he, he said, what is this beyond just a product? Mm. Um, and, you know, really the product was initially designed to rescue a down firefighter. You know, right. Collapsed basement, confined space. But there have been, you know, through the evolution of the product, you know, and if you look at the, the very first fast board, you know, the, the bags are all orange. There's no Velcro anywhere on it. Um, you know, the next evolution, you know, there was Velcro all over it. So the bags could be spread out, be more efficient, everything could become modular. Then they went color-coded. Then we added AWOGs for additional lighting. You know, the lighting is in. But, you know, then we did the, the, flota- the, the, the fast flotation ring, you know, which made it for water rescue. And then we added a drag blanket for hazmat and civilian and, you know, Eric is relentlessly always saying, okay, well, this, this problem of moving people exists in every environment. Um, you know, we see so many active shooter scenarios now. So now we've developed a ballistic panel that can go onto the shield. So really, it's, it's just really evolved into really almost every area yeah. of first response um, in almost any environment. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that that's just what's really incredible about the product and about you guys. You're not sitting still. You're still you're still going back, innovating, and taking a product that now works, which you do have documented cases in which the board has been used um, on multiple occasions now. Um, and as more boards enter the, the field, it's only going to be that much more prevalent on the fire ground, which will give it more opportunity to be tested, tested, and tested again. Um, evolution. It's fun to watch. And the friendship and the relationship that we've had over the last few years, I've seen tremendous growth here. And it's not just in the product, but it's the company, and it's also you two. I mean, it's fun to watch. 
and that goes right back at you too. I mean, well, thank you. I remember the first time we met, you, you were walking by and kind of pulled you in. You're like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll be back in a little bit, and and you came back. Yeah. Um, and then you know, every year you've gotten busier. You guys have gotten bigger. Your audience has gotten bigger. You're consulting now. Um, so do the right thing, doing the right thing and, you know, growing the culture. You're out there doing it too. That's why we're always happy to be involved in anything. Yeah, we doing appreciate that. Have you here with us? I truly do. I want to ask one last question before we wrap. And this one, um, I'd love to just get your take on it. Success. I see you as success. I look at you guys and I, I kind of look at you guys as just this great partnership with an unbelievable business and incredible product that's game changing, if you will. You ever take a second to sit back and just soak it in? You ever take that 30,000 foot view, just looking down and t- removing yourself for two seconds and saying like, we're making a difference, things are happening, and I'm happy with the success that we've had? For two seconds, yes. Two seconds. Yes. For two Sam? seconds. I, I had a moment and, and I actually ah, shared it with him. Good. Um, it was not long after we had moved into this space and really gotten it cleaned up, um, you know, and it's, when I, I walked in one day and, and I was just here by myself, I'm an early morning person, I get here pretty early and I walked in and I was just kind of walking around and I, I like to vacuum periodically, I, I keep it clean. And just the magnitude of, you know, that, that extra bedroom with the boards in the yeah. basement. And my, yeah, yeah, when yeah. my twins were little, they used to build forts out of the boards to like, wow, this I love is, that. We've, we've grown this. I, I, yeah, it was, it lasted more than two seconds. It probably Good. hit me for about 30 seconds. And then I heard the coffee maker beep and I, it was over. That was it. Yeah, I mean, I've been asked that question before. And my response to it is, well, it was no at the time. And I was encouraged to do that. But what I was always worried about and what I continue to be worried about is if I stop to look back, I'm not looking forward. I get it. Um, and if I'm not looking forward, then I'm not driving the company. Uh, I'm not driving the culture. I'm not driving the tribe. I, one of the highest praises that was given to me and that I give to other people in the fire service is, I don't have to look back. I know you're there. I love it. And, uh, and I, I don't need to look back. The support, the, the push that I feel from behind me is, is that validation. validation of it, you know. Yeah. When you've got A players being like, you're doing the right thing, keep doing it. We, we've got all this. And, and A players that want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So For sure. I don't have to look back or stop to look to, to get it. I feel it all the time. And I feel it from the tribe behind us right? and with us. Well, that tribe was built solely on the contributions of you two. And now as the tribe continues to build, they fuel themselves. And I think that that's what really the mission of FAST is all about. So, fellas, thank you. Thanks for opening your doors. Thank you for your continued friendship. Um, this was a lot of fun. I was really looking to get this uh, this project with you done in a way that I'm, I'm very proud of. I'm very protective of the, of the, the way we build our projects. And um, when it's done with friends and people that I look up to and trust, um, it's super important to me and the guys that we do the very best we can. So, Thank you. Thanks for spending some time with me today. You guys are uh, awesome. And uh, congratulations on the success that you've had, the change in culture that you're making in the fire service. And uh, I have to say that I will say flat out, you guys are making a difference every single day on the American fire ground. So thank you. you. Eric, thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Sam. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. Check out Fast Rescue Solutions. They are changing the game. One fast board at the time, as well as a culture of training in educating the fire service moving forward, man. Wow, what a great interview today. Fellas, thank you. We'll see you at the next one. Live from the shop, Jeremy, National Fire Radio.